Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the show. So this morning is Morning Tea Live on my Instagram. So I am going to hop on there. And today we're going to be talking about relating differently. You can catch this episode on the gram if you'd rather watch it. It will also be on YouTube, all of the places for your viewing preferences. All right, let's get started. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Tea Live with me. Happy Wednesday. Cheers. I don't have my tea today, but I have this giant glass of fresh cucumber, carrot, and lemon juice. Just clearing everything out in there. Detoxing. It's delish. So I don't know what's going on with the weather, but I've never seen San Diego this rainy in the almost four years that I've lived here. It's wild, wild outside, but I'm kind of loving it. So today we're going to talk all about relating differently. I don't know why I have my hands in a prayer position, but we're going to roll with it. I woke up feeling very energized. So here we are. Let's start with a little grounding. So everyone get settled in their chairs or wherever you're sitting, rolling the shoulders down, sitting up nice and tall, taking a deep breath in and release. Just noticing how your breath is feeling. Noticing any distractions or sounds in your environment. Noticing any thoughts coming up and just imagine placing each thought on a cloud in the sky, watching it float away, knowing you can always come back to it if you need to. And then refocusing on your breath. Noticing any body sensations, any areas of tension or tightness. Noticing any emotions. Noticing any resistance. And let's take three long deep breaths together, placing your hands on your heart, breathing all the way in. Holding the breath at the top. And release. And again, breathing all the way in. Holding at the top. And release. And one more, breathing all the way in. Hold and release. Just noticing how your breath is feeling in this present moment. And when you're ready, you can start to slowly come back to the present, maybe taking some small organic movement, maybe some neck rolls or side stretches. And whenever you're ready, you can come back. So guys, I'd like to point out the fact that normally I'm late for morning tea and this morning, I don't know why I was like, oh my God, it's starting at 10.15. <laughs> no, it starts at 
And I was like, whatever, we're just going to hop on early to make up for all the times I was late. So today we're here early. I always said growing up that my mom would get us everywhere early. My dad would get us everywhere late and that maybe one day I would get somewhere on time, <laughs> but it's really true. It's like, I'm early today, late the next day. We're going to just keep working towards that on time. So let's dive in. Today, we're going to be talking about how do we relate differently? So this can show up in a variety of ways. I talked about it in my stories yesterday about when we are making any change. So this can be a change in our habits, a change in how we're relating to our emotions, a change in releasing addictive behaviors, a change in releasing protectors, whatever it is that you are working on changing right now. We're going to talk about how does this apply to that? So how do we relate differently? So the first thing that we have to understand is the way that you've been operating and relating. So when I say relating, I mean relating to yourself. How do you talk to yourself? How do you respond to your emotions? How do you respond to triggers that come up in your life? And it's also how do you relate to others, right? How do you relate to your loved ones when you get into a conflict? How do you relate to urges when they come up to engage in addictive behaviors that you know no longer serve you? So the first part is to understand how you've been relating and how that has kept you safe. So we have to look at, you know, what function, what purpose has this behavior Oh, Luna's here. Um, how how is that behavior or that function served you? So, for example, if you notice the protector of control come up, and you're like, okay, I've been using this protector of control to feel safe. How has it kept me safe? The thing about protectors is that it's a false perception of safety. Oh my god, her purring is like real loud in the um headphones right now. <laughs> so it's a false perception of safety. When we are children and we grow up in an environment that feels out of control. So maybe there's a lot of change happening. Maybe no one's cluing you in of, of what the hell is going on. Maybe, um, you know, there you, you move or there's change in relationships or, whatever it might be, maybe there's fighting, maybe there's changing schools, whatever it might be that can feel really scary because it feels like things are out of control. And when things feel out of control as a child, it can feel terrifying. So then as an adult, we develop this protector of control where our minds and our bodies trick us into thinking that controlling is going to keep us safe. When in reality, it doesn't. So where, what, where might we notice these protectors show up? When we are, let's say in business and we have a certain goal and we notice that that goal isn't happening in the timing that we want it to happen. And so then we try and control, we try and force things to happen or let's say, let's say fear of abandonment shows up and you know that in the past you have used control to grasp on to your partner, to your friend, to a certain opportunity, to a certain friend group, whatever it might be. 
and you almost like force yourself into that opportunity or onto that person and spending time with them or into the friend group or, you know, whatever it might be, because that feels like, okay, if I'm connected to this person or this friend group or attending, attending this thing, then I won't feel left out. I won't feel that risk of abandonment and that feels safer. The reality though, is that we can't control much. <laughs> we can control our own selves in terms of, and I don't even love using the word control because it feels really rigid of like, I'm controlling myself. That feels very contracted, but it's more focusing on what's in your power. So what's in our power is when that protector comes up, that control comes up knowing, okay, this is a protector that was developed from childhood to help me feel safe. It's not actually keeping me safe. It's a false perception of safety because whether you're actually controlling or not, we can't actually control. So regardless of if you feel like you are, or you aren't, it's, it's not actually keeping us safe. It's more so just sucking the joy out of the thing that we are trying to control. So, and we're blocking so much space for the universe to deliver something even better, something even more aligned. So <clears throat> it's noticing these protectors coming up, noticing, okay, these are protectors from childhood. Little me is not feeling safe, whatever it might be. Relating differently means I normally would choose to control or grasp or uh, binge watch TV or whatever it is that we're trying to release. And because I know that that's not serving me and I want to relate differently, what can I choose in this moment and how to respond to this in a way that is going to show my nervous system a new way of safety? This is the hardest, most painful thing in the world. <laughs> Because when our nervous systems are used to operating in a certain way, for us to then change that operation and say, abort mission, we are changing course, we are relating differently, there can sometimes be this disconnect between mind and body. So mind is saying, yes, let's relate differently, let's release the control, let's not grasp on, let's you know, lean back when we want to lean too much forward. Let's practice, you know, not picking up the phone every two minutes if you're wanting to release the addictive behavior of the phone. And your body and your nervous system is still like this. It's like knotted and tight and contracted and is like in survival mode. And so, for example, this past week, there was some survival mode that came up for me. My mind knew that I was safe that, you know, everything was going to be fine, all the things that I could tell myself, but yet my body was like, oh, it was so tightly wound and it was acting as if it was in survival mode. It was acting like a bear was chasing me when there was no bear chasing me. And so of course I can tell myself, there's no bear chasing you, you're safe. But if your nervous system is stuck in the past, when it did feel like it needed to be in survival mode, whether it was a bear chasing you or just not getting needs met in childhood, probably the latter, it's not going to be able to catch up to the mind, right? So how do we bridge the gap between the mind and the body? We have to actually allow space to process that historical pain that is showing up in the present. 
the present always triggers historical pain. So again, we can tell ourselves a million times, I know I'm safe. I know this. I know that. I know that. I talked about this in my group yesterday. Like we can know something, but if we're not allowing space to actually feel the emotions that are coming up, the two are just going to stay disconnected. The mind and the body are just going to continue to stay not communicative and disconnected. So we have to actually allow space to feel the historical pain, know that it's historical, know that the present brings up a lot of historical pain that we did not have the space nor safety to feel as a child. And so we're now giving that reparative experience to that younger part of ourselves to actually feel it in the present. When we leave space to feel it in the present, we feel those protectors, those behaviors, those urges start to soften. Think about it. If you're being chased by a bear and you're in full-on survival mode and you are having all of your protectors come up because you're in survival mode, as soon as you feel the fear and realize that there's no bear chasing you, that was just a nightmare, that control softens, that graspiness softens, that attachment to whatever it is that you're trying to latch onto, it softens. So it's only until we feel the pain that we might feel shame about. I had some pain this morning come up from childhood and there's like this narrative in my head of like, oh, this again, like <laughs> we've already processed this so many times. Why, why is it coming back? And the thing is, is that healing is not linear. So as we evolve into different phases in our healing, in our journey, <clears throat> new things are going to be brought up, but it's going to be the same wounds over and over and over again. And it might feel so incredibly frustrating of like, I thought I healed this anxious attachment. I thought I healed this fear of abandonment. I thought I healed these money wounds. I thought I released that control. <laughs> and then it shows up again and you're like, oh, motherfucker, why? Why are you back? And so I totally understand how frustrating that is. And healing is not linear. So the same wounds are going to be coming back over and over and over again because they're just being healed at a deeper level each and every time. It's like peeling back the layers of an onion. So it may be frustrating in that moment, but what we resist persists. So if we rationally try and talk ourselves out of it, like, oh, you've already processed this before you're good, whatever, that's trying to control it, right? So if we want to relate differently, that means that each and every time we have that historical pain come up, we are going to tend to ourselves. We are going to allow space for that pain and that shame and that fear to just be felt preferably with a person that we can co-regulate with, a safe nervous system who can just hold us and see us and witness what we are going through. A mentor, a therapist, a healer, anyone that you feel really, really safe with who has done the work on themselves and can role model for you um, what it's like and normalize what you're going through. Because sometimes when you're going through it, you're like, oh my God, I fucking feel crazy but I promise you, you are not crazy. There is a root for everything that we feel, all the protectors, the thoughts, the loops in our brains. There is a root for all of that. And it is just avoidance of pain, avoidance of um, fear. It's just being in survival mode. 
And so relating differently means that even when it feels like we're going to die in releasing that control, even when it feels like we're going to die, when we don't grasp onto our partners, when we're anxiously attached, even when it feels like we're going to die, if we are left alone without the distraction of the TV or the phone or someone to keep us company, but we are just alone with ourselves. And that can feel really scary. Relating differently means you are showing your body a new way of safety. And the more that you practice relating, not through all the old ways, not through, I used to relate through control, through perfectionism, through binging TV, through binging food, through overworking, through people pleasing and choosing attachment over authenticity. Those were all my many ways of safety. And so when the urge comes up, which it will, to relate through one of those things that you want to release, that you no longer want to use as safety, it is going to feel like you're going to die because imagine your safety net, your safety blanket gets ripped out under you and you're like, shit, I don't have my safety net anymore. And I have to go find a new one. That interim space between leaving the old safety blanket and going to find the new one, it may feel like you're going to die, but I promise you, you will not die. You just have to tend to that fear to little you hold her and show her that she is safe. And again, being mindful, not to just rationally talk about this with yourself, but fully allowing space to feel it. I feel like I'm dying right now. I feel this strong fear. I feel the strong shame, whatever it is that's coming up for you and actually allowing yourself to feel it. So when I say allowing yourself to feel it, I mean, where do you notice that in your body? So do you have any sensations in your chest, in your shoulders, in your stomach? Where do you actually feel the emotion? Remember, emotions are stored physical energy. So physical and emotional health are one and the same. So where do you actually feel that stored, that stored emotional energy? Can you just observe the sensations without trying to fix it, without judging, without any of that, just being with it, taking time for yourself to actually be with the emotions. And then once you've done so, and you've created space between the urge or the trigger and how you respond to it. That allows you time to relate differently. It allows you time to relate from your adult self versus your inner child. But if we don't take that time to sit with the emotions that are coming up from our childhood, we are just going to allow our inner child to react and run the show. But when we take time to sit with it, to tend to ourselves, to tend to little us, to show ourselves that we are safe, and to release the emotion, we then get to come back into the present and choose how are we going to respond. So there's been something for me where I felt a lot of control come up this week. And I thought about how would I have responded in the past? I would have allowed the control to take over. And of course, this is subconscious until it becomes conscious. But now, you know, I'm at a point where when my protectors come up, I'm very conscious of it because I know what they feel like now. I'm like, oh, that thing I've been feeling all those years, that's what that is. So now I know. 
And so once we're actually aware of it and we know what's going on, then that's the first step. That's why my program is called insight, because we need to have that insight first before we can relate differently or else we're just asleep to all of it and unconscious to all of it. So I said, how would I relate before, right? When my control was taking over, I would fully give into it to feel safe. And I wouldn't feel safe until I gave into the control, whatever that specific behavior looked like with the control. Now, as someone that has been working to release my control, because as anxiously attached people, control is a huge protector for us. So as I've been building my secure attachment and releasing the control and allowing that protector to soften, I say, how would I relate differently? Part of me relating differently is when I notice the control come up, I feel the emotion underneath the control, which is just fear, fear, sadness, shame, whatever's coming up in that moment. And I allow myself to just be with it. I feel it in my body. I allow myself to notice the sensations, to feel the sensations, to observe the sensations, to journal about it, to cry about it, to talk about it. I process it somatically in my body. And afterwards, I say, okay, how would you relate now, now that you've kind of taken some time to process the emotion? And a lot of it is like this leaning back, right? It's like, rather than like forcing something to happen, it's okay, I'm going to lean back and trust and lean into trust and faith and surrender that the universe has my back and that everything is working out exactly the way it's supposed to. And the universe will give you the same lesson over and over and over and over again, if we do not learn the lesson the first time. So you can apply this to anything, right? Like if you're trying to give up fast food and you're like, okay, I have this urge to go to McDonald's and I'm going to sit with urge. What is the emotion underneath? Am I stressed from work? Am I feeling anxious about something? Sitting with it, allowing space to feel it and then watch how that urge shifts. It might not feel as strong. And you say, okay, is this actually what's going to serve me? No, okay, so what can I do instead? I'm going to go feel my feelings. I'm going to go, you know, draw myself a bath when I get home. I'm going to go eat a healthy, nourishing meal because that's what my body wants. You have to remember in the moment, it never feels in the moment. It feels how you want it to feel, right? It's like that temporary relief, but afterwards it never feels the way you want it to feel. So you have to think, how am I going to feel if I engage in this behavior two hours from now, tomorrow? Last night I gave into a food urge. I had meal prep in my refrigerator that I needed to eat. And I was really craving Indian food. And I was like, damn it. What do I do? Do I eat the food that I already have in the fridge or do I order Indian food? I ended up ordering the Indian food in the moment. It was quite delicious. I enjoyed every moment of it. But then later that night, my stomach started hurting <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I should have, or I should have uh, eaten the meal prep. So you know, we can give into those urge, those urges so quickly in the moment, but we have to think about long-term. How are we going to feel even just three hours from now? How are we going to feel about this choice? Not just right now in the moment, but afterwards. And it is so fucking hard. I totally empathize how hard it is, but the more we practice doing it, the less hard it feels. The more we practice choosing differently, the more we show our nervous system a new way of safety. If you feel like you're self-sabotaging something, it's really just because you don't feel safe. I self-sabotaged recently. I got my business to a point where I was like, it was a dream come true. 
And then I think subconsciously it was like terrifying. And I was like, holy fuck, my dream just came true. (laughs) And then I self-sabotaged it and I like regressed, even though, you know, it's not regression. It's like, I never believe in backwards. I believe in it's all like, again, it's not linear. It's just kind of this like one step forward, three steps back, you know, the whole dance that we do in life. Um, but you know, it's not that I didn't want that to happen. It's that it didn't fully feel safe because it was new. And you have to remember anything new to the nervous system is foreign. So if it's foreign, your body's going to do everything it can to protect you from it. So when I got to this level in my business and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But then my nervous system was like, what the fuck is happening? This feels scary. And we're going to go back to our comfort zone. And so now I'm rebuilding, I'm, I'm redoing it and giving myself that reparative experience where I allow myself time to calibrate. I allow myself time to just feel the fear because this is so sneaky, right? So it's never to shame ourselves. If you end up sabotaging subconsciously, like we're just learning when this stuff shows up, we're learning to really notice it because it can be so sneaky. Cause in my mind, I'm like, Oh my God, yes, this is amazing. But I didn't even catch that there was fear because fear can be so damn sneaky. So maybe an old way of relating to that would be shaming myself. Oh my God, I can't believe myself sabotage, da, da, da. My new way of relating to it is allowing myself space for some compassion of like, oh my God, my nervous system must've been really freaked out. And like, that's, you know, I can have compassion for that. So relating differently can apply to literally anything in your life that you are trying to release or change or get rid of. And it requires a lot of daily consistent practice, feeling your feelings, feel it to heal it and support because we cannot do it alone. It just feels simply too terrifying. So if you are looking for ways to feel safer in your body, to relate differently, to release that control, release the grasping, release the judgment, release the perfectionism, release all of the things that are simply sucking the magic out of the universe. Because when we control everything, we like need to know how everything's going to go. We don't leave space for the universe to deliver something even more magical. So if you are looking for ways to deepen into this work, I have a rare uh, some rare spots open. Cause I normally don't have one-on-one spots open because my one-on-one clients stay long-term because they just can't get enough of this work. Cause it's life-changing, but I had some clients switch into, um, one of my groups for their next level of relational healing. And so that opened up some spots in my schedule, So if you are wanting some one-on-one support, this is my program Insight. It's weekly 60-minute Zoom sessions with Monday through Friday unlimited Voxer support, which is a voice note and text messaging app. And this is for the person that wants to heal their attachment wounding, who wants to heal their nervous system. I specialize more in anxious attachment just because that is my you know, own attachment style that I've been healing myself. Um, but I certainly work with clients with all different attachment styles. So you want to heal your nervous system, learn how to relate differently, process that stored childhood pain and trauma, 
and fully feel safe to step into your authentic, most powerful self, DM me, email me, reach out, and we can get started. Um, and then what else? What else? I have my retreat coming up next month. I'm so excited. Um, and this will be open to clients only. So if you become a client this month, you will be able to attend next month. This is going to be April 27th to May 1st in San Diego, California, where I live. And it's just going to be the most luxurious, epic, healing, relaxing, expansive experience. It's going to be so good. It's a four night retreat. We have private yoga, private masseuses, a luxe picnic on sunset cliffs. We have a private photographer, videographer, hot tub, pool, water slide, jacuzzi, a beautiful house on the hills. Like, oh my God, it's going to be gorgeous, just gorgeous darling. So uh, feel free to reach out if you are interested in joining us. There are still some spots left for that as well. And yeah, reach out. I am here. I challenge each and every one of you to choose one way that you will relate differently this week that is moving the needle forward towards your goals and dream life. Let me know in the comments below when I post this on my gram what you are holding yourself accountable to. So mine this week is continuing to practice releasing control. And I'd love to hear from you what your behavior or protector or anything that you want to relate differently, whether it's talking more kindly to yourself, drinking more water, going to bed earlier, staying more accountable with your daily habits, whatever it is, I'd love to support you in that. So let us know in the comments and thank you for tuning in. If you are listening to this on the pod, feel free to give a rating and a review. It would mean the world. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. All right, guys, I love you so much. Stay dry if you are also living in a rainy place. And I will see you on the next the next episode. Love you. Mwah.